When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone and welcome to the Wrap Up Live. This is the official Raptors Republic live post-game show and podcast where we recap, dissect, and have some fun talking about the latest Raptors game you just watched. I'm your host, Sahal Abdi, here with our co-host, Kian Haddad. This live show is produced by none other than our man, Kian. Tonight, your Toronto Raptors defeated the OKC Thunder 128-111, to bringing the Raptors record to only two games now below 500. 34 wins, 36 losses on the NBA season. Um, and they are now 11 and 6 in their last 17 regular season games. They're on, uh, they look pretty good. I mean, this is a Raptors team that has been improving. Um, you know, most people will point to Jakob Pertl as kind of the shift to a more balanced team, which I would fully agree with. Does Jakob get all of the praise? Absolutely not, because we have seen great games from OG Ananobi. Uh, Pascal Siakam looked like he got back on track tonight. Um, we have seen great games from Scotty Barnes. Um, you know, I feel like everybody. Gary Trent Jr. has been struggling a little bit in the last in the last week or so, a couple weeks, I want to say, and uh, he looked like he is back on track as well. And last but not least, guys, if you love the Toronto Raptors, before I get into the game, do us hardworking individuals at Raptors Republic a favor and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can search Raptors Republic. And subscribe to our podcast channel, The Rapcast, wherever you're watching or listening. All right, Keon, let's get into the game. Another win for your Toronto Raptors, right? We got the score, 128 to 111. OKC Thunder came home. Shea Gilgers Alexander came home quite literally. Um, and that was the storyline, of course, whenever we go up against the OKC Thunder. One of the most beloved players, I believe, uh, and a consensus among Raptors fans is Shea Gilgis-Alexander, of course, him being Canadian, him growing up locally, um, him, of course, having to grow up a Raptors fan. I don't know if he would ever admit it at this point in his career. Maybe he would, maybe he wouldn't. Um, and yes, uh, to any OKC fans still watching or, you know, I mean, we always get some rival fans, some sort of uh, opposing fans into this um into this post-game show. For any of you watching, yes, every single Raptors fan is still holding out hope for Shea Gilgis-Alexander uh, becoming an inevitable Raptor at some point in his career. Whether he is 35 years old, whether it is at the end of his current contract, we, um, and I think I speak for most of us when I say we are Shea Gilgis-Alexander fans. Now, now that all the lovey-dovey stuff is out of the way, Keon, uh, when do you ever see every single Toronto Raptors starter in double figures? What did you like most from this game? And and honestly, you could really, at this point after a game like this, pick anything because I feel like most of the guys had great games, at least the starters, uh, and the bench didn't do too bad as well. What did you think? Yeah, out of all the players tonight, that the one that stood out out of the, the starters who who I was looking to see was Pascal because he's always, sorry, he's obviously 
been on a little bit of a rough patch. And everybody else kind of carried over their success from uh, Tuesday night against uh, Denver. Well, almost rather they played Denver. Uh, but Pascal, uh, he looked great from the jump. He was aggressive. He was attacking the rim. He shot eight free throws today, only made half of them. But it's just it's encouraging to see him get to the line. He had 25 points. He was in that fourth quarter. He was really like dicing the OKC defense apart, just like finding open shooters. He found Will Barton in the corner for a pretty uh, – it was like in the post and he – just double comes as soon as the double comes, he swings it to Will Barton in the corner and he knocks down the three all night. And he just seemed in command. And that's something that's super important because he was not good in the last maybe like two weeks. And usually when he goes to California, he becomes even better in, in his career. We've always seen that. And this time he, he kind of went into a shell. So it, it's super important for me to see that Pascal can get past this this dry spell a little bit, get past this this low point of the season form and, and continue to build up into an upward trajectory. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that is something that we had to bring up early on this show because Pascal Siakam, let's be let's be totally honest, right? The Raptors look like they're they're making a run into the playoffs, playing whatever you want to call it, right? Depending on how optimistic you are as a fan. The Raptors look like they're making you know, a little bit of a run, right? And let's be let's be 100% truthful and transparent, Keon. The Raptors, you know, there's there's almost no point of them making this run into the playoffs if they can't get Pascal Siakam going into that play-in or playoffs with momentum, right? If you get into that into that uh, postseason and you have Pascal Siakam completely flame out, this team stands absolutely no chance. I mean, it's almost like. Uh, again, all odds are already stacked upon this team, right? You're not coming into the, into the, you know, hypothetically, of course. I, I don't want to get, you know, too optimistic. People are going to say, you know what? Raptors aren't in the playoffs yet. Why are you guys talking like you're in the playoffs? Um, hypothetically, if the Raptors do get into the postseason, Keon, um, you know, you're, you're not coming in like we have in previous years as the one seed, two seed, three seed, four seed, whatever you want to say, right? Five seed. Um, there's no home court advantage. Right. Um, some Raptors fans didn't like the fact that on previous shows I mentioned how, um, you know, Boston, Philly and 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 um, who's the other top Eastern Conference team? I'm forgetting Milwaukee Bucks um, would 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 bounce us pretty convincingly out of the playoffs. Um, like I said, we have to be totally honest with this Raptors team. Right. This is a team that. Um, is going to lose some tough games. They're going to win some really good games. They're going to look competitive against the best teams in the league, right? Uh, we've seen everything, right, across the spectrum with this team, right? The OKC Thunder are not the OKC Thunder of old. Like if anyone's been paying attention to this Oklahoma City team, this is a team that's been um, incredibly, and when I say incredibly, I really mean incredibly competitive this season. Um, funny fact, Keon, the Lakers fans in their Reddit, which is like something that I checked maybe once I want to say every couple months because it's a great, great source of comedy. Lakers fans are currently losing their minds at the fact that OKC is so damn competitive this season. They're wondering why, because going again, going into the season, everyone expected a jump from Shea Gilgis Alexander. He gave you that jump, right? But nobody expected the rest of the supporting cast to really um, just hone in like they have this season. Jalen Williams looks incredible. 
um, Isaiah Joe, who they picked up off the Philadelphia 76ers scrap heap. I mean, what? <laughs> Doc Rivers, I don't know. I don't have any answers for him anymore, right, um, in terms of his decision-making, his roster decision-making. Um, this is a really good team. The Raptors, you know, handily beat a very good basketball team tonight in the, in the OKC Thunder. So it's not a bottom tier, you know, bottom feeder Western Conference team or NBA team. Um, this is a team that's beaten uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, right? They've beaten some top, top tier teams in the league. And the Raptors, um, it, it's, it's, I tweeted this at the end of the night, that it's, it's incredibly encouraging to finally see the Raptors, um, you know, win a game late with conviction. Because mm-hmm. every game, Keon, at the end, we're all, like I say, we're all holding our breath. We're waiting for the Raptors to just give away that lead. And um, a lot of times they do. And I think with this game and the last Denver game, it finally feels like the Raptors are starting to learn how to win the fourth quarter. Um, and they're and they're learning the right way. The ball was shared tonight. It was great. Um, beyond Pascal Siakam getting back on track, right, 25 points, 14 rebounds, 8 assists, a fantastic game all around from Pascal. Um, and that's with him missing four free throws, by the way. He was four for eight from the free throw line, right, which is not uh, the usual case for Pascal Siakam. Beyond that, was there anything you liked specifically? could be a player. It could be um, a specific play that comes to mind. Um, is there anything that you really liked? It could just be about a specific player, a general take um, on a specific player. Is there anything else that this kind of game brought to you? I have to build off the uh, fourth quarter point because obviously we've seen it throughout yeah. the season where the Raptors just fall apart in the fourth quarter. And it's it's really just encouraging to see that back-to-back games, the Raptors have really honed, honed in in the fourth quarter and, and locked in almost every possession and they're playing aggressive, tough defense. And if I'm going to talk about a specific player, uh, Pirtle came in a little earlier than usual. Like, he... Uh, I think Coloco had like seven first uh, first half minutes in a stint, and Coloco in the second half stint, he got elbowed in the face by Jalen Williams, which somehow they didn't review, but that's that's for later. They didn't review that play. He's out for the game. And Pirtle, I originally thought that it was going to be Precious coming in because he didn't play at all tonight. I thought they were going to give Precious a few minutes here to see if he can use some motivation from sitting the whole game. But instead, they just went to Pirtle early. And in that fourth quarter, he he looked pretty dominant out there. He shot, like, I think eight free throws in the fourth quarter alone. And he made six of them, which is not what we're used to. And he was hitting free throws. And he was super aggressive on the offensive glass. And he had 12 rebounds total. Him in the fourth quarter. And and just his rim protection as well. He only had one block. But that fourth quarter – like you could tell that the OKC Thunder were driving in and just not even willing to take a shot in the paint because mm-hmm. of Jakob Pertl in there, and that's just a, that's just something we've been missing all season, and that just contributes to the point of how important bringing in a true big man was. Because now when you yeah. have a real rim protector like Pertl who just deteriorates shots, like he like uh, numerous like one that comes to my head is Lou Dort driving in, he he dribbles yeah. right back out. Like yeah. he normally Lou Dort is super aggressive in the paint. And that's and that you don't see that in the box score either, right? Exactly. Like those are those like, are the little gonna, impact plays that matter, I think. It, it's gonna come up as one block, but I thought he he played spectacular today. 
and he like five offensive yeah. rebounds, which and a lot of those were in the fourth quarter, and that's just the type of effort you need. And Scotty was great in the fourth quarter as well as he always is. But that that's the main takeaway I have, and the real nice part of this one for the Raptors. Yeah, whenever you can see the Raptors starters or really just their bench get emptied out onto the floor at the end of a game, which is something that Nick Nurse really, really hesitates to do. We know this mm-hmm. um, as people who have been watching the Raptors for quite some time. Uh, Nick Nurse usually waits till the last moment to get Malachi Flynn and the whole gang in there. Whenever a game can end like that, you know the Raptors are usually in good hands. Sometimes it can happen the other way, right, where the Raptors are getting uh, blown out um, and then, you know, the bench has to come on. But this is, um, in my opinion, I think one of the better wins this season, simply because you're building off of a very good win versus Denver. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, OKC, a very underrated team. The Raptors, you know, as much as I want to point out the fact that they shot 49% as a team, right, which is great. Uh, you shoot 43.8, essentially 44% from three, which I get for the Raptors is incredible, right? This is a team that... Um, I'd have to look it up, but I think uh, three-point percentage, they are currently ranked 28th in the NBA. They sit at uh, 28th, 33.8% is what they shoot as a team from beyond the arc um, this season, 28th. So that's 28th out of 30. That's third last in the league. They shot 44% tonight. So you can't fault them on that at all, right? But what you can say is this becomes an even better Raptors win when they shot 20 for 28 from the free throw line, right? You missed eight gimmies tonight. They shot 71%. A lot, a lot of times, Keon, I felt like the, the the OKC Thunder, once they got desperate, they were trying to move to that um, hack attack, hack attack, yak attack. <laughs> I said hack attack, yak attack, um, fouling yak over and over again underneath the net. And I, and, I, and that's one thing Hacky I think yak. that, Hakayak. What am I saying? Am I saying yak attack? What am I on? Right yeah. Now? Um, I think I watched too many. I think I watched too many March Madness games tonight. Too many upsets I watched. Um, hack a yak. Okay. Let me say that one more time. Hack yeah. a yak. Right. Um, they got desperate. They tried it. And and we've seen Yaka Pertle. He's been struggling generally with his free throw this season, but he's been trying. Like, this is something that you cannot fault the guy. The effort has been there. He's been trying to improve at it. And tonight, um, you know, he, he was eight for 10. So this isn't the night that I'm going to get on Yaka Pertle. But again, as a team being 20 for 28, shooting only 71% from the free throw line, still winning that game, right. Is, is a, is a big, big, big plus. I think for the Raptors, they out rebounded OKC 58 to 39 in this game. Um, plus seven on the offensive glass, right. Plus 12, I believe my math is correct on the defensive glass. Um, and again, this is something that you should do, right? This is something you should do versus the OKC Thunder, Keon. This is a small team, right? And we mentioned in the last show that, you know, Christian Coloco possibly didn't get those minutes. Um, and, and Nick Nurse relied a lot more on Jakob Pertl because of the fact that, you know, do you want Christian Coloco to play in, in Mississauga for a couple months and his first NBA you know, reappearance, I won't call it his first NBA appearance, but his first reappearance back into the NBA is against Nikola Jokic, right? Back-to-back MVP. Like, that's not the type of confidence booster you would probably want for your rookie, right? So we both mentioned how um, it would be likely that we would see Christian Coloco play against OKC. He did. He didn't play much, 
right? It was a little stint, right? He played 12 minutes, but, you know, if he's going to give you 12 productive minutes, which is what I felt he did in this game. um, I agree. I already know, Keon, by the way, we're going to see someone in Raptors media mention the fact that, you know, there's either going to be clips cut up for Christian Coloco where he just, I think it was like back-to-back-to-back possessions. He um, contested the ball underneath the net. Um, and then on offense, I got to read my tweet again. On offense, I wrote it. I, I tweeted it earlier. On offense, he did something incredibly well. And then back on defense, he got a block, right? So mm-hmm. there's so many positives in this game. And if Christian Coloco can give you those backup five minutes, those productive backup five minutes when Precious Achua just isn't giving you that, right? Um, no. That's a massive, massive plus for Nick Nurse because you start to think, okay, maybe this whole Precious at the backup five experiment was a big was a big mistake, right? Maybe Precious is more suited to play a backup four, right? And maybe we should throw in Christian Coloco for roughly 10 minutes a game, nothing too serious, Nothing close to the 15, 20 minutes he was getting earlier in the season. Um, maybe that would be, you know, the most positive aspect that comes out of it as you're reaching towards the postseason, right? Um, people are bringing up some great, great points in the live chat. Um, <laughs> Phoenix, a little harsh, right, on his on his statement. He says the reason uh, Nick Nurse played Coloco is because Precious and Thad stink. At the back of five, a little harsh. Um, I'd like to say struggle at the back of five, but sure. I mean, you have a way with words, Phoenix. We know you. Um, Chris Willis mentioned, you know, look at how balanced the minutes played are. And that's a hundred percent the truth. Uh, you go from the top to the bottom. Uh, Scotty Barnes had 35, Fred and Pascal had 34, right? Which is a good start. You know, normally those guys are at the 38, 39, 40 mark. OG with only 29 minutes did not eclipse 30 minutes. Jakob Pertl, 29 minutes, right? Chris Boucher, 16. Coloco, 12. Um, Will Barton, 11. This, I mean, it looks nice. It looks nice, Keon. Um, Is there anything else, Keon, that you wanted to mention that was a positive? I feel like there were so many different things, and I feel like we touched on a lot of them, but there could be some more, right? And yeah, it's exciting to see that we're not running our players into the ground. And we did talk last show about Pirtle's minutes and his and his kind of role in the rotation as it stands. And he was in that he's still in that same range, but it, it's better to see that he's playing twenty nine minutes. But you you could tell that it was like twenty nine minutes they needed him. Like they they didn't wait to sub him back in in that fourth quarter, and that's. That was huge. Like he played around the same minutes as the other starters. Like he played the same as Ananobi, and Scotty was just at thirty-five because he stayed in for those garbage time minutes when everyone else got subbed out. Um, but someone I do want to bring up was Will Barton, and it's gonna look on the stat sheet like that he like he shot one for six, but it just it, it's a different type of feeling when he like you can bring in a guard type player off the bench and him not just look out of out of place out there and tonight like I'm not upset at one of the shots he took like he took open shots and he took shots that were within the flow of the offense and within the role within his role and you obviously want to see him knock a few down and I'm I'm not worried about that because this is a guy who has a track record in his career 
of of knocking down threes and and scoring basketball and he's been a little pleasant surprise i didn't think he'd be as good defensively as he has been i'm not saying he's been amazing but it's it's always a pleasant it's a nice plus when he can get down and, and play some good defense especially off the bench because we've seen uh, nick nurse he either has to bring in a, a fully offensive point guard in malachi flynn or he brings in jeff Dowen and you're only going to get one and not the other and and will barton will barton just 11 minutes he comes in goes out and, and just plays plays his role and, and i thought he was great tonight and it's just the type of player that the raptors needed and Phoenix yeah. really wanted some some Will Barton talks. So I had to give it to him. It's hundred percent. You know, Phoenix. <laughs> we mentioned him on almost every 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 single show. Uh, we got to give him. We got to give the crowd what they love. And Will Barton for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you. He's a guy that you know. You start to think as a Raptors fan. Finally, this team has a backup guard that they can trust. And there's a sense, Keon, of it's almost like there's a sense of like a high basketball IQ. Will Barton's seen so much in his NBA career so far, right? He's not a dinosaur. We're not talking about a 38-year-old, 36-year-old guard. Like, I believe he's 31, 32, something around there. Um, but he's seen yeah. a lot, right? He's been in deep postseason runs. He's made the postseason often with Denver. Um, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and clearly, in, in my opinion, you, you watch him relative to one of the younger guards that the Raptors would bring on, whether that's Delton or Malachi Flynn, it's almost like a toss-up, right? You're, you're, it's, it's like a, it's almost like you're playing Russian roulette when you, when you bring in Delton or Flynn, because generally you don't know what you're gonna get, right? If you get something positive, sure. I mean, I'll take it, no problem, right? Um, but you don't know, and mm-hmm. um, that's not a shot at Malachi. That's not a shot at Jeff Down. Those guys are still very young um, NBA players who. I think are NBA level players, um, but it's different when you have a guy like Will Barton who used to spell, you know, he's used to spelling guys like Jamal Murray in Denver quite often, right? Combo guard. He'll play the three if you need him to, play the two and he'll play the one if you need him to. Um, Phoenix says, I feel like Barton's floor is, Barton's floor is way more stable. Um, and he's obviously referring point. to, yeah, he's referring to, Malachi Flynn, I believe, um, which is great. And I agree. And I totally agree. Um, you know, weirdly enough, OKC Thunder sit at 34 wins and 36 losses now, just like the Toronto Raptors do with their, with OKC's loss and Toronto's win. Um, and again, despite all the uh, tanking uh, jokes and, and all the, you know, fun that was poked at OKC and their fans, before the season began, people don't remember this. They lost their second overall pick, Chet Holmgren, who was absolutely dominating the NBA Summer League at one point. Um, they lost him to a season-ending injury before his season even began. And they're the ninth seed now. So, I mean, I'm not saying Chet's going to make you a fifth seed. I'm not saying he's going to make you even a sixth seed or a seventh. But, you know, the team would be much better. Chet, Chet looked like a very good basketball player um, from what I saw, right? Um, so you got to give credit to where credit is due. Uh, where else do we got? We didn't speak really much about OG Ananobi, who I feel like, again, another super efficient night from OG. 17 points, four rebounds, couple steals, couple blocks. 
a few or maybe a couple phantom calls. I don't I don't know. It's tough with OG because we're so used to him playing such you know honest and high level defense that when there's a foul called on him, you're just like, oh, let me take a second look at that. And there was one that Alvin Williams was like, yeah, that's 100% a foul. It was where Shea pump faked. OG, Alvin yeah. said Shea, uh, OG left his, his feet. I looked at the replay. I mean, if you're going to consider that leaving your feet, sure. I mean, he, he more or less lunged into him, um, not very aggressively. But I guess, yeah, it's a superstar call. Shea's going to get it. Um <laughs> Uh, I mean, it is what it is. Phoenix, I said it. I said it. He said he said they were phantom calls to Hall. Stand by it. And, and I am, right? They they were. I thought they were. Um, and I'm just totally honest about that. Speaking of the calls, Keon, there was a very particular referee mm. who was uh, in this game tonight. Do you want to, uh, you know, enlighten all Raptors fans that are going to watch to this game tonight? Uh, Mr. Ben Taylor was back uh, yeah, rushing the Raptors game. <laughs> and I, I was kind of yeah. looking at it a little bit, and it felt like Freddie was just trying to avoid him. Like, I was watching him, like, he complained a little bit, and then as soon as he saw who the official was, it felt like he would just just walk away. Like, he didn't want to he'd want to talk to him. He didn't want to do anything. Um, yeah. It was a fun little, little story going into this one. I, I thought it was funny. Um, I mean, at the start, the Raptors were kind of getting some calls, like – early and, and, and throughout the whole game there were a, a couple light calls but I, I, there's not much to read into it it was just like nothing was I wasn't really expecting anything to boil over that game like some people on Twitter that I saw mm-hmm. yeah no for sure um Keon did you like Nick nurse's strategy of primarily putting Fred on Shea a lot of people, just naturally expect OG Ananobi to be to be thrown on the on the opposing best offensive player. Um, were you a fan of of Fred, you know, all over Shea, or would you have preferred to see more OG matchups? What they were doing with OG, which I which I found interesting, was instead of putting him on Shea Gilgis Alexander, they were throwing him on what seemed to be OKC's worst offensive player, um, which was a, rot- a, a rotation, a, a cast of different players. Um, with OG spending almost 30 minutes on the court. Um, were you a fan of that? And if you're not, I mean, what would you do differently? Let me know. Um, uh, obviously, like, OG, if we want him to develop into the type of defensive player of the year, caliber player he can be. So I'd like to see him take on those ma- – like, obviously, I'd like Nick Nurse to let him take on that matchup from, from tip sure. to, to the final whistle. I will say this, though. It wasn't just Fred guarding him. It felt like every possession Shea had to fight, especially oh, yeah, early he was on, fighting had to for fight his life. to get. Yeah, he had to fight to get to like half court even because there was just two guys on him coming off the screen. He'd get blitzed, like, and he still dropped twenty nine, which just attests to his just talent. He's just he's so good out there. It just feels like every time he shoots it, it's just gonna swish in. Like he he just like after that first quarter, it kind of felt like they were speeding him up, which is not something we're used to seeing because he just always plays at his own pace. But yeah. after after that first quarter, he, he started to really just go back to that flow where he just, like, he just has control of the game sometimes. And, like, you can do whatever you can. You I, I, OG was – if OG was on him, like, OG would play tougher defense, make him work a little bit more. But, like, 
he like I I like OG Roman because he has such good ball instincts. Like if you put him on the worst player, we see the Bucks oh, yeah. do this with Giannis, where they won't like he's a defensive player of the year player, and he won that not by guarding the best player, but he won it by being a roaming defender in the paint and, and in passing lanes, just super athletic, one of the best help defenders in the league. And I'm not saying OG is Giannis level defensively. He's close, but he's not there. But uh, I, I like the different strategies because you also can't just throw the same thing at Shea. Like you have to switch up yeah. the, the looks you're giving him. And well, I mean, if you, like I, I'm, I'm fine with what what Nick Nurse did. I thought whatever you did, Shea was still going to do his thing because he's just been that dominant all season. So I, I'm fine. I'm fine with that. And, and Freddie held his own, and Freddie has great ball skills. He stripped Shea a couple times tonight um, when he was getting into the getting into his getting to his spot. Excuse me, getting to his spot, and just just multiple guys, and he, and he swiped down on him. We usually see him do that with the big men, but he he did that on Shea tonight, and it worked sometimes. But you can't really do anything, and and I'm not upset at Nick Nurse for what he did. Yeah, absolutely, and. That's an important point I think you made with OG because a lot of times we see him guarding these big, hefty guys, whether it's Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic. It could even be, you know, a Kawhi Leonard we saw, I think, a, a week or a week or two ago. Um, you get tired, right? You get tired guarding the best offensive players in the league. And, and for OG, you almost start to feel sympathy for him because uh, I mentioned this on the last show. When his shot's not falling, it's almost because you know – that the fatigue level is there, right? He's exhausted of guarding these guys, uh, possession after possession after possession. And yes, he makes an incredible impact. OG is undeniably one of the best defensive players in the world, undeniably, right? There's no um, debate about that. I think there wasn't a debate about that, I think, before the season began, but I think it's become even more clear this season. Um, it was fun to watch him in a new role where, like you said, he was doing more roaming than a lot of point of attack stuff, which was cool to mm -hmm. see. Um, but yeah, I love it because in this role, again, it allows him to put that much more into his offense. And we saw a hyper-efficient night from him. 17 points, 6 for 9, right? Did everything you wanted. Um, hit the corner 3 when, when he had it. Um, attacked the rim. You know, kicked it out when when he didn't have it, which was, which was great to see as well. Uh, made some big, big plays. Like you saw the block there on Jalen Williams. By the way, OKC Thunder have two Jalen Williams. Um, I'm a fan of both. I'm more of a fan of of, of Jalen who participated in, I believe, do they, do they still call it the rookie sophomore game? No, they call it, I guess, Rising I don't know, Rising Stars. Um, participated in that. They did. There's a difference, that. actually. Did you hear, Alvin? There, one's J-Dub and one's J-Will. Oh, yeah. Did so... <laughs> <laughs> All I know is one is spelled J-A-L-E-N, and the other one's mm -hmm. J-A-Y-L-I-N. That's the only difference um, that, I, that I kind of found out today, which is cool. And I know OKC fans are, are big fans of both players. Um, but for J-A-L-E-N, right, who played, I think, 29 minutes in this game, um, he looked good. And I'm a big, big fan of him. I love, you know, part of the reason why I think it's so much fun watching these basketball games, watching the Raptors go up against a different opponent every night, Keon, is that you get to see – you get to almost fall in love with players that you don't get to watch every night, right? You, you, you watch Especially guys – in the West. Yeah, it's incredible. The talent, the young talent on OKC is a lot of fun, which is why I was really looking forward to watching this game. Super, super fun game um, mm -hmm. to watch. 
I'm trying to find out. There was one thing I wanted to bring up before we moved on. Um, let's see. Oh, uh, John Schumann, on, uh, I believe he still writes for NBA.com. Um, he he posted a video, and I, and it sucks because I went to the water. I was on, like I was in the washroom when this clip happened during the the Raptors OKC game. Um, mm-hmm. He posted a clip of one of the best passes I've seen all season, and and unfortunately it didn't come from a Toronto Raptor. It came from Josh Giddy. It was a behind the back. I don't know if you could find it, Keon, in the time that we have. Um, okay. I can I can give you. I think his his name is something along those lines. But um, what a play! We don't really give plays of it. Like we don't really do play the game on Wrap Up Live. Uh, we do show you, of, of course, some clips here and there of some of the players <laughs> that discussing, but. My oh my, this was a play I have to highlight. I have to. I found it. Um, incredible, incredible pass. I think I think Keon got it. I just wanted I just wanted some of the live watchers to see it if you missed it. I think some of them already know what I'm talking about. Uh, let's pull it up really quick. What, oh my gosh, can we start? Let me start that from the beginning. So starts in Josh Giddy's hands, takes the nice screen from Jalen Williams. That was pretty gross. That's that is what he sees, right? That is what he sees right here, and he somehow that that's great. He anticipates uh, that pass before he's even in the paint. <laughs> that's crazy. It's, it's it's one thing to to have the the cojones to make that pass. There's so many things that have to go right to make a pass like this. The pace you put on the ball, obviously the accuracy okay. of the ball. You have to time the run that the player is making. Um. Yeah, gotta give it to Josh Kitty. What a player! OKC has a lot of good young pieces, man. This was right at the start of the third quarter. I missed this too. I, I didn't even. I've never. I've not seen this clip until just now. That is ridiculous. Ooh. My if he played again, was not this angle. I want to see it from the the full angle. I feel bad for all our podcast listeners, but right here, he could have yeah, easily like, made that play. To, to other Jalen Williams, I'm sure that's what everyone thought he was going to make that pass to, and mm-hmm. he, he just—that's that's just great. That's great. Uh, if you want the the clip, if you're listening to the podcast, John Schumann on Twitter has it. Um, that was great. That was pretty pretty cool. And we don't really highlight other teams, other teams like best plays, but you got to respect basketball and then just great players. Hundred percent, I'm with you. Um, Canam Tax Player of the Night. Uh, for all of our listeners, whether you're listening to this on the podcast the next day or watching live, canamtax.com is your best, best resource for filing your taxes. Even if you have tax questions, concerns, your first time filing taxes, it's your 115th time <laughs> filing taxes and you're a dinosaur watching this. Um, you visit canamtax.com for that, or you can call 416-243-2912. That's 416 243 2912. They're at the top right of the screen for all of our live watchers. Uh, obviously, we appreciate them for supporting the show. Keon, we have this great chemistry on this show where now I'm just so, uh, I have so much conviction in your taxman selections because we always mm. tend to agree that I'm just going to give it to you. This is all you right now. Who is your Can Am taxman of the night? So, usually on the, we like to not give it to Pascal because. Yeah. At the start of the season and in last season, 
if we were if we were truly picking the taxman player of the game, it would be Pascal every game. But the last few games, last couple weeks, it's been rough for Pascal, right? He's been struggling to get to the rim. He's t- been settling for jump shots, not the Pascal we're used to seeing. Therefore, tonight, when he actually decides to bounce back and, and hopefully go on that upward trajectory and start use this as a build-up game and a momentum game to, yeah. to continue this, to end the season to the play, and we're going to give it to Pascal Siakam tonight. And 100%. You agree. I love it. Now all we need is like a little soundboard of like a round of applause. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, 100%. We said in the beginning of the season, um, myself, Aiden, Oren, and Keon, we said – and we came to an agreement that this would be known as the um, non-Pascal Siakam Award. Um, but, I mean, Hian, I'm with you. There's uh, Considering all the circumstances, everything that's happened, the struggles that he's had, he's been he's been getting it from fans, right? And and some of it has been deserving. Some of it, of course, with, with fans gets a little, gets a little too much. Uh, but, yeah, the, the, it seems like our live chat agrees as well. Bounce back game, Phoenix says. Um, Nesta says Pascal deserves it tonight. Bounce back game and zero turnovers. We didn't even mention that. Zero turnovers for Pascal Siakam. Yeah, incredible, incredible. Um, just a great all around performance from him. 14 rebounds, eight assists as well. Um, and I will everything say this you want about, to see in your star about him. There was something I saw an article and or Pascal getting interviewed, and they were talking about his rough stretch. And he said something along the lines of. I, I live for these type of moments. Like I, I find pleasure in, in getting in these rough patches and, and trying to find ways to get out of it and what learning new things I can do to try to get out of these rough patches. And as soon as I heard that, that kind of gave me a lot of confidence that this guy, like he's not going to get rattled by this. And Alvin mentioned on the broadcast tonight that like players hit rough patches. Like it happens, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's the ups and downs of an 82 game season. And that he was in a little bit of a rough patch. It was, it wasn't something I was going to go crazy about, but this was just a huge game for hopefully his confidence. Hopefully he found something that like he can use and work to for the future in the next few games. Cause now it, it, it's all go. It, it's full steam ahead. You got to start winning games. You have to win against OKC. Yeah. And, and he came out on top and he, he led it from the jump, just absolutely just aggression from the start. And that's what, what we needed from him because it just seemed like a lack of aggression, a lack of, of energy from him and from the start he he was just going right at the okc thunder in the paint uh, I, I just played that clip of, of that beautiful spin euro step move that, that we're so accustomed to seeing so it's just Love great it. to see yeah absolutely and you know for everyone who you know visits raptorsrepublic.com often um i want to highlight something that we saw on the game preview as well um which was written by Makai Bruce, who's one of our great writers at Raptors Republic. And I love this because he wrote in the preview, the million-dollar question for tonight, though, will be what version of Pascal Siakam do we get tonight? He's been in a slump for quite some time now, and while he still has been impacting the game by drawing attention to opening up his, open, opening up his teammates, he hasn't been able to score in a way that reflects his early season self in quite some time. So we have to watch out for that. That was written in our game preview, and we are now talking to you after the game where Pascal Siakam dropped 25 points, 14 rebounds, 8 assists on pretty pretty damn good efficiency. Uh, and like uh, the live watchers and, and, and listeners mentioned, zero turnovers as well. 
Pascal Siakam is your 10M. Yeah, absolutely. He's your 10M tax man of the night. I think that's going to do it for us tonight. We've been on for almost 40 minutes. We appreciate every single one of you for watching, listening the next day. Um, this is another great win from, from your Toronto Raptors. But before you guys leave us tonight, we need you to subscribe to the Raptors Republic YouTube as well as our podcast channel, The Rapcast. This was the wrap up your official Raptors Republic post game live show where tonight your Raptors defeated the OKC Thunder 128 to 111, bringing the Raptors record to two games below 500, 34 wins, 36 losses. Like I mentioned earlier, your Raptors in their last 17 games are 11 and 6, 11 wins, 6 losses. The live show was produced by our co host, Kian Haddad. That was it for myself, Sahal Abdi. We'll see you guys all on. What do we got? Is it Saturday night? It looks like Saturday night. And it's the Minnesota Timberwolves. We remember that first Uh, game. Before the first game against Minnesota when Sahal and Oren ruled the season over. They said it was over that first game against Minnesota. So, yeah. Don't, don't bring it for better this time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, a big Toronto sports day on Saturday night, might I add. You got the you got the Raptors and the Timberwolves at 7 p.m. You got the Toronto FC enter Miami at 7:30 p.m. And earlier than that, at 1 p.m., you got the Yankees and Blue Jays. Uh, action-packed day for Toronto sports. We'll see you guys all on Saturday night. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. We loved having each and every one of you spend time with us. Enjoy the win. We'll all see you next time on Wrap Up Live. Take care.